But no matter what we find in D.C., I know we'll be okay. Because this is how we survive. We tell ourselves that we are the walking dead. Zed Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. Again, and this again. is the Walking Dead Cast episode 170 <laughs> intro, again, for the second time. And again, I'd like to say welcome to my beautiful, talented, and smarter than me wife, Jenny. Hello. <laughs> She's like, uh, yep, that's right. that's right. I wanted to mention that we were supposed to have Brian Johnson from Comic Book Men on. Some of you might have seen me uh, say something about that. He had to postpone, so he'll be here next week, and I'm excited to talk to him. I've been listening to his Tell Him Steve Dave podcast, and on Comic Book Men, he just kind of makes fun of everybody in in a really funny, and uh, he's actually my favorite thing about that show, too. But on his podcast, he's much more like, uh, he's just, you can tell he's a really thoughtful guy and interesting, and I'm intrigued to see what he'll have to say about The well, Walking Dead. I'm intrigued Dead. now, too. He's the one with the big beard, you know, the big bushy beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bear. Uh huh. Um, he wears so, plaid too. <laughs> I don't. I Is he a lumbersexual? He's, he's a lumbersexual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll ask him. Attention shoppers! Deadcast top five in five, four, three, two. All right, it's Edcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Season 5, Episode 10, Them. What did you guys think in general? Um, it was a good episode. It was, you know, I, I rate harder than most people. I would probably give it mm-hmm. like a three stars. You know, you know, following the Netflix, I, I liked it. And that was, yeah. that was it. Um, it was, How does that go? Hated it? Uh, didn't like didn't it. Didn't like it. Liked, liked it. it. Loved it. Really, li- really liked it. Really liked it. And then loved it. Loved it. That's right. So probably around three, three. stars mm-hmm. and... It was it was spare. I mean, like it was a pretty spare kind of episode. Um, so there's not that there's not much to talk about, but there's you have to talk more about each aspect of that episode. I don't know what you mean, but there was less dialogue. There was less dialogue. There yeah. was less action. There was less. Uh-huh. Of there everything. was more uh, mulling on each moment. Right. right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I liked actually. I thought it worked well. The pacing was slow. But to me, slow doesn't equal boring. So, what did you think? Well, uh, did we mention why it was called? Why we thought it was called them? We did before, but then it got recorded over. It got recorded over. So, so, why do you think it was called them? So, at first, I thought it w- referred to Beth and Tyrese, who are the dead people. The dead people, and maybe Bob, and maybe Bob. So, them, them, the, the those are that are no longer here. Mourning them was a big part of the episode, but then I thought it referred to Aaron's group, the guy at the very end. Them meaning the group that this big unknown group, mm-hmm. them. 
And then I read somebody, I read somewhere where somebody said that it referred to the point where Rick said, we are the walking dead. And Daryl responded, we ain't them. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I don't think it's Aaron's group because that was more of a lead into next episode, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's sort of like, oh, yeah, whoever named it was like, oh, could be them, too. But I doubt it. that's the main thing. But yeah, I think you're right. He said, we ain't them. So it's just about The Walking Dead. That's what them is. Them is The Walking Dead. Right. I love the episode, by the way. I thought it was great. I gave it a 4.8 out of 5. Brains. That's really high. I bet it was a wonderful episode. I thought great writing, great acting. I thought that there were all kinds of really interesting elements, including the fact that their physical condition was very, very dire, which kind of mirrored their mental state. They're going through a really hard time right now. It's a really low point. And then the rain came. And I love that the even included a mystery, you know, the possible possible villain, maybe a possible savior. I thought it was great. It was really my kind of episode. I had a little bit of everything. Yeah. It was a kind of different than any other episode, I thought, that we've seen. I mean, we've seen them on the road before, but never so deflated. Yeah. Yeah. Like and this. it's kind of great that they're finding new energy and new new territory in sort of the same thing. We've yeah. seen them walking you mean before. Creatively. Yeah, yeah creatively. Yeah. The writers I are agree. I I think they're still finding new uh new things to mine yeah. out of this. So mm-hmm. yeah, I loved it. I also love I love the theme of surviving when giving up is so easy. I've said this before, but surviving is really, really hard sometimes. The world is the world is hard. And it's wonderful when you can find the bits of beauty that make it worthwhile and and i thought it was really moving in different points in this episode Mm -hmm. and i'll talk about those later yeah i totally agree with you i like this episode a lot i would give it like a Mm 4.6 gax um that's a strong rating i think about how the show used to be and especially i'm pretty hard on the first few episodes the first half of season two Uh uh-huh and I think about that while I'm watching it now. And I'm like, this is such a better show now, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe if I went back and watched again, I'd change my mind. But it just feels much more artfully done. And I, it, it used to be very soap opera-ish. And I always appreciate the show when they do have long segments of no dialogue. Yeah. But the dialogue is much better now when they do have it, for the most part, I think. And even when they don't have a lot of yak and yak, 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 so, sometimes it's because the the shots that they're showing mm-hmm. are in, are astonishing. And I actually pulled that out from my top five. I'll talk about that in a little while. No dialogue, cool. but the shot itself is incredible. Uh-huh. I also thought this episode was going to be really depressing because they've undergone such tragedy lately and I have an idea of what's coming up. So I kind of thought, okay, this is going to be their hit bottom episode. And it really was, but it wasn't that depressing to me. I mean, there were some, you know, really sad elements to it, but you know, I was sort of thinking, okay, this is going to be a really low episode. That's going to be necessary, but it turned out it was a low episode that was really entertaining in and of itself. I thought I completely agree. So, all right, let's get into our top five. You're the guest of honor. Uh You go first. All right, number five, the weather. I was really impressed by the weather. You know, they did a very good job in make it seem the oppressive heat. Yes. Plus the oppressive mental situation of everybody involved, you know, matched very well. And then when the storms came, um, 
you know, I like storms. So it yes. was just a lot of fun to see, you know, the weather wreaking havoc everywhere and being pretty much a part of the story, which I thought was was uh, pretty sexy. I, yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, the, that's something that we're dealing with here in California. It's actually one of my, it's my number, number four, is the drought. I mean, honestly, they were kind of going through a little bit of a drought. They don't have any water storage other than the bottles that they carry with them. And they rely on rainfall and they rely on creeks and streams and things like that. So in periods where they're not having a lot of rain and the creeks and streams are dried up, what are they going to do? Where are they going to get water from? They were probably days away from maybe dying. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was dire. Mm-hmm. They were, they were looking really dehydrated and, and it was not, not great. They were looking, yeah, so weak. They did such a great job of looking weak and hungry and tired Yep, three weeks since Atlanta. We're not used to seeing them like that. No, so. they were defeated yeah, looking. Yeah, dirty. Mean, yeah, and even the point where they were the horde of zombies was coming and they've got to fight them, they were like, let's just push them off into the ravine. Yeah. <laughs> they're like karate kidding it or like Aikido moves. Yeah, they're just... Use the zombies' energy against them. <laughs> I, I really like the weather too, especially the storms. I yes. even got some storm sounds... This is from the episode. It's fascinating, isn't it? I'm just kidding. But it is from the episode. <laughs> we like rainfall out here in California. We miss yeah. it, quite frankly. Oh, yes. I mean, give us enough rain that trees fall. We are we're happy. I mean, I, I, I lived in L.A. during a drought, and then one day there was a huge rainfall, and a tree fell, and I feel sorry for the girl whose car it was, but I remember just being like, look at that awesome, you know, crushed car under a tree. That's how much rain we got. Yes. <laughs> Did you ever see my crushed car? Oh yeah, your, your car was crushed my too. My car was crushed, and I, I drove it after that. I'm 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 sorry. Did I did I offend you? No, I I, I have a, no. I have a, it was a point of pride driving that. When I saw this, um, my crushed car. I think that's how you turned. You made lemons out of lemonade. Thanks, no, huh? the other way around. <laughs> I made lemonade out of out of my lemon. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. Totally so did. Karen's a tree fell on your car. It was an oak tree. Mm-hmm. You're. Did your car need fixing or did it just run fine? It ran it fine. just ran fine. But, but there every were little panel, dents all over it. Every panel. Which, when you looked at it, it was like, oh, you got a dent. Wait, there's a dent here and on the other. What the hell and I And I ended up getting so many questions about it. I ended up getting a bumper sticker that said. So fuck off. Uh, no, well, kind of. <laughs> it, said, it said, it was a tree and no, I don't want you to fix it. <laughs> Which answered answer all the questions. You had that custom made, or mm-hmm. do they have those? Yeah, somewhere? somebody asked me that. I was like, "Yeah, I bought it at a Seven Eleven." No, yeah. of course I had it custom made. What's your number five? My number five was actually I'm going to make the drought my number five because since we're talking about mm-hmm. it, and the drought weighs heavy on my mind because I, my profession is water conservation specialist. I live in California, and we're looking at the possibility of the fourth consecutive year drought. And so when it started raining. I actually kind of cried. I really did. Everyone, and I love that moment when it starts raining and everyone's happy and they're holding their arms out, they're sticking their tongues out, except mm. for, and they- Sasha. Made, Sasha, Maggie, Daryl, and uh, fa- Father Gabriel. And he apologizes to God. He mm-hmm. was probably in his head going, thanks for the drought, God. But then he apologizes. He's kind well, of I think he, I think, I mean, I love that moment with him. That was one of my favorite yeah, moments. It, it wasn't was my favorite, but it was one of my favorites in the in the episode. He just started crying and said, I'm sorry, God. And it just sort of highlights, okay, this is kind of thing 
could be considered an act of God, which I'm sure Gabriel did. Yeah, and I think he thought right. his first thought was, oh, wow, he gave me this great thing and I <laughs> totally don't deserve it, which made him just remind him of his guilt yes. to apologize again. All right. I'm sorry, God. Killing all those people. Uh, okay. Anything else? No, that's Okay. It. Mine, um, well, this is a tragic episode. Well, it's not a tragic episode, but, you know, they've just undergone all this tragedy. They lost their home at the prison. They lost several friends, Bob, Tyrese, Beth, and they're on the road. They're hungry. They're tired. So I'm going to talk about the sad sex that you just mentioned that were handling this tragedy not so well because some handled it better than others. But yep. the ones that handled it that were the most <laughs> depressed were Maggie, Sasha, and Daryl. Yep. Maggie, the episode opened on her. She just looked so depressed. Yes. And that zombie came along. And it almost seemed to me like she's like, eh, he might eat me. I don't know if I can muster the care to yeah. save myself right now. And then she saw the zombie in the trunk. Oh, and, so sad. Yeah, and just bound and gagged which is just messed up no matter how that happened. With big blue eyes, too. (laughs) (laughs) Save me. And she closed the trunk, which I found to be sort of like, oh, I don't even care enough to put this poor soul out of her misery. And then she decided to open the trunk. I think we were supposed to wonder, is she opening the trunk because she decided to go ahead and put the zombie out of its misery, which I think is what Glenn thinks. Because Glenn opens the trunk. But I think she was going to get inside the trunk with the zombie. What? Mm. No, she wasn't that far gone. I don't know. I mean, I interpreted, uh, I didn't interpret it differently, but I, you know, felt a connection to her when she was crying and that zombie was coming up behind her because it just reminded me of sometimes when I was really depressed in some points in my life and I was at work and I was like crying and then like someone would knock and say like, oh, please, can you come sign this paper? And I would be like, okay. And then I'd dry my tears, open the door, have a smile, sign the papers, you know, talk to someone, arrange that meeting. All right, close the door. And start and crying. Resume crying. <laughs> All right, Aww. okay, get up, kill the zombie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now I'm going to go by yeah, I, and like feel sorry for myself. See, <laughs> she's talking, you know, the whole time about, or she just looks suicidal to me and whether she should go on and Glenn's sort of being her cheerleader. And I think that the point of that, I don't know because it wasn't clear, but the point of the episode was for Maggie is she's considering ending it all. And then by the end of the episode, she's turned it around. Um, Everybody's gone. Her father's gone. Her sister's gone. She's having a hard time. She's mm-hmm. definitely having a hard time. Heck, she didn't even want to accept the water that Glenn offered her. Yeah, you know? exactly. She's like, no, I can't and he's anymore. Like, Drink the flipping um, water. And then by the end, though, she's looking at Judith. And I really think that <laughs> Judith, you know, at first I would think, oh, having a baby could be a liability. I mean, I, of course, would want them to take care of that baby, but just thinking, oh my gosh, how are they going to take care of that baby? But now I think the baby might even be saving them. Yes. Yes, I do too. it keeps them going. Yes. And Carl as well. Carl too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and in fact, I was thinking about that. I was like, I was like, Maggie, you and Glenn got to procreate. A, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're gorgeous procreate and and you know let's get let's get this going let's get humanity back on track and at the end uh when maggie wakes up from a scene i'm sure we'll talk about she's looking into judith's eyes yes and i think 
it's like, yeah, we got to keep going. <laughs> Is that <laughs> the cutest baby, by the way? Oh yeah, my God. pretty cute. Okay, so then there's Sasha, the other person who lost someone closest to them. She responds with anger, which is kind of a reflection of how her brother used to be. He would be recklessly angry, Mm -hmm. and she's taking some of that Mm -hmm. on. And she's being reckless. Yeah, and then Michonne tries to calm her down and yep. talk her out of it and she looks like she's going to knife Michonne and she and she accidentally knifes Abraham <laughs> but she looked like she was going to knife Michonne and yes. I'm like that would be awesome do it no. That'd be badass. it would suck for everybody involved but it would be fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> I think it'd be real quick Michonne would be like <laughs> um, I'm glad she didn't do it but there is a part of me that's like oh wow that would have been amazing <laughs> and then finally there's Daryl who seems to be floating away from a group like a magnet that's becoming weak and they can all see that. They're like, well, I'll just go with you. And Rick's like, you don't stay gone too long, like forever. I felt really sad for him when he was burning himself. Yes. Carol told him, you have to let yourself feel it, which I think she means Beth's death. Yeah. And that's how he did it. And I, I think that's what burners do and cutters. They feel emotionally numb. And so they want to feel something. And so they, I'm sure it's more, it's not exactly that simple, but anyway, he burns himself and it allows him to cry, which was a great scene, I thought. And I wonder if they'll have to keep applying that burn scar to his hand now for every episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's the least of their worries. They've got, they've got a disgusting. I'm going to be watching for it. Oh yeah. See if it's okay. They bother with it. (laughs) So that's it. The three sad sacks. Okay. Jenny? All right, number four. You know, I was pretty impressed by the costuming. There was this one scene in which you, you know, start with this close-up on these really badass pair of boots. And I was just like, right, okay. You know, zombie apocalypse, you're going to be dressed like this. It's going to look awesome. And yeah, I mean, I got to admit, they all look awesome in this post-apocalyptic zombie fashion in which they're wearing, like, boots that, look like they're made for walking all over you. And <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Do you remember? Uh, it was uh, Sonia. Okay. Um, I actually thought it was Michonne. I was like, that's Michonne. And Sasha. Then like, Sasha. Oh, Sasha. Sasha. Yeah. Sorry. And then it pulled back. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's Sasha. Yeah. But it's, yeah. That's Eulen Womble. Mm-hmm. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. But they're, you know, she's, uh, the customer is doing a good job in making it look badass but at the same time pretty realistic. I mean, that, at, mm-hmm. at first I used to think like, oh, I don't know. They look a little too, too like drawn out of comic book like yeah. sexy and all that stuff but then at the end when Aaron came out looking like he walked out of a Doctor Who episode with like a <laughs> scarf and a nice jacket and clean laundered you know? and he was clean shaven and right. short hair and then that's and when it really hit, hit me like yeah they do look kind of like crap they you do know? <laughs> yeah especially at, at the first scene um, Lauren Cohen's face Maggie's face was grimy and it looked like she'd been on the road for a couple of yeah. weeks. She was definitely dirty and dusty. They look dirtier than usual. They do. They're mm-hmm. like, take a couple of more layers on there. Yulin Womble, who's the costume director, she told me in an interview at one of those panels that she wants it to be more Road Warrior-esque. Yeah, you know? that's exactly what I was thinking. I, I was mean, looking yeah. Mad Maxi there. I think it would be cool to do that if you did it little by little over time, you know, right. because they can sort of let, social norms go and 
do whatever they want, get but mohawks. Get a little crazier. <laughs> oh, but yeah. it has to make sense. I mean, yeah. right. it's got to be like these boots are like, right. have spikes because they're actually going to like kick the hell out of you. The zombies. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. More practical stuff. Yeah. I mean, Merle can have his knife hand and somebody can have spiky boots. <laughs> Poor Merle. He can't have his knife hand anymore. Did, Your turn. Did, did they chop it off and take it with him? It could have been a good, oh, yeah, know, a good weapon. Yeah, Daryl has it in his backpack. Okay. He's got everything in that backpack. Apparently he has tools to fix, you know, music boxes in there. <laughs> oh, it was just a, he just blew off the, the dust. Oh, okay. <laughs> and and it only uh it only worked on scraped it out with a stick. Key moment. So my number four was sim- pretty simple. It's actually a shot, just a shot. Remember, I mentioned that they, even the even the times of the episode where there wasn't much dialogue, it was pretty cool. Well, the one shot where they're on the road and they're it's sort of early on. They're walking on the road. It's a whole group of them, and it pulls back, and it's the whole group, and they are shambling along like they're zombies. Mm-hmm. And then you can see there's actual zombies behind them. So there's the walkers behind them, and there they are. And it's sort of hard to tell the difference where the actual zombies are and mm. where they are and where the two groups end. I thought it was a fabulous shot, and it was brief, and I thought it was really cool. It really stuck with me. It's like uh, that scene, I don't remember exactly, but in one of the Austin Powers movies where there's two golf carts chasing each other, and they're going really slow. <laughs> it keeps looking back. and <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're, oh they're coming up well they're they're kind of hanging back low, we can just keep speed walking chase. don't worry about it I mean Michonne's being smart she's like save your energy we yeah. don't need to take care of them right now right but when I saw that what went through my mind was the phrase we are the walking dead yep which is also a huge panel in the comic which I'm sure oh. Grace and Mr. Blog will talk about but it had a different flavor here when Rick finally did say it than it does in the comic Interesting. Mm. I will listen to what, uh, what they say. Mr. Blog and Gracie Lou say. Okay, my turn. So I covered the sad sacks. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about the optimistic ones, the ones that are kind of keeping the group going. Um, Rick continues to lead and show optimism. Like I loved when uh, he's looking back and he goes, we're not at our strongest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, you thank, can say that. Thank you, Captain Obvious. <laughs> but, you know, he's like, but, 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 but he didn't say, you know, like, we're totally fucked up. You know, that's that's a, such a manager way of saying it. Mm-hmm. We're not at our strongest, but I know we can do Just better. Just pull together, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. can beat next quarter's number. <laughs> and he uh, he's, you know, as soon as the rain starts, they're all just basking in it. And then he's all, all right, all right, let's get your, I think he was telling him to get containers Grab a container. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, you know, constantly yeah. the leader. But he still seems kind of uh, messed up. He, yeah, no kidding. What is his little speech about? We're the Walking Dead. I was like, way to motivate people. We're not the Walking Dead. We. Uh-uh. I, I mean, I get that. It was was it his uncle who was in uh, World War II? His grandpa was in World War II. And I get it. You wake up and you and you assume that you're dead for the entire run of the war. And when you're not dead, yeah, you're not dead. But. That's kind of a I, that's kind of a rough way to motivate people to tell them, look, just assume you're dead. I thought it was awesome. Did you? Yeah, and I here's felt why. Like it was not very motivating. It reminded me of this other inspiring thing that I found on a blog a couple months ago, and I've kept it 
uh, that page on my phone open so I can go back and read it every once in a while. It said, most questions can be boiled down to one, I'm scared or two, I don't know what to do. So if you're asking questions about your life, you can boil it down to I'm scared or I don't know what to do. He said the answers one, one day you'll be dead to keep working. So the answer to I'm scared is one day you'll be dead, which basically means, you know, if I'm scared to try this new thing, well, I'm going to be dead at some point. So fuck it. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And so that's not exactly the flavor of what Rick was saying, but it's similar. It's this Buddhist way of thinking where you surrender to every moment without attachment or expectation of any particular outcome. It's just letting go of, you know, like we don't need to worry about anything in the future. Just be in the moment. I mean, I, I could see that being a really helpful way in a situation like that. But it's the, like, we're already dead. So don't worry about suicidal thoughts. Daryl disagrees. <laughs> Daryl disagrees. That's true. And, 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 uh, and everyone's free to disagree. I mean, that's just what I thought about it. What? I mean, well, I'm just thinking of the story that he told about his grandpa about he, he was the walking dead because he was waiting for the, you know, for when his time in the war was over and then he was alive again. So he's mm-hmm. assuming he's planning on being alive later. And so. Well, Brick is uh, yeah. sort of saying, this is how you sort of trick the system. You know, if you want to be alive, then you have to kind of let go of being alive. If you want it too bad, then you're going to f- mess yourself up. Right. You know, right. <laughs> if you focus on that. So you just focus on the day to day and then you'll make it. I think that's kind of what he was saying. It was a little dramatic. I mean, I could see, I, I understand what you're saying. It's like, oh, we're dead. Is that how we're supposed to be motivated? But <laughs> but I, I kind of get it. And I thought it was great. And that's why I say it's different than what was in the comic. Because in the comic, I think it was more like, oh, we're just, you know, there's no point in being alive kind of thing. You know, we're just shambling along. We're sad people. But here it was meant to try to keep them at peace and get them through it. Well, I hope things get better quickly. (laughs) Okay, is it my turn? No, I was in the middle of this one. I'm sorry. Uh, So Carol's the other one. Now, I think Carol handled this particularly well, you know? She did. Right? She didn't show any signs of being depressed. And I think that's because she's been through so much already. Mm -hmm. And she hit her low point a while back. She did. And also, she doesn't need to worry about Tyrese changing his mind about killing her anymore. <laughs> she was there to. She was there to help Glenn, and tell you know, tell him, comfort him, and and tell him that you know she loved Beth too, and you've got to feel it and work through it. And she was there to help Maggie when Maggie opened the door and saw the walker, and and Maggie said she had a gun and she didn't use it, and Carol said. What did she say? Something like, it's not, it's, uh, some people can't give up like us. Yeah, that's right. It's lovely. It's a great, it's a great thought. on motivating people. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, with Tyrese gone, like, judgment on what she did is, 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 it's Mm -hmm. it's like, it's all over. It's like, oh, well, well, when the person I killed and the person who loved her, you know, is also dead. I mean, like, what did I do wrong? (laughs) (laughs) I was mostly kidding about that, but there may be some of that there with her, even if it's on a subconscious level. And then there's Glenn, who I think probably his love for Maggie's keeping him going. Mm-hmm. He comforts her and helps her with the trunk and, pro- and I think prevented her from killing herself in that moment. And then I think he said to Daryl, we can make it together, but we can only make it together. Do you yes. say that to Daryl? He, he 
somebody said that to Daryl, I think. We can make is, it together, but we can only make it together, which is, I thought, that's a great Well, rule. it sounds a lot like live, live together, together, die, die alone. alone. <laughs> which made me Jinx. wish that Jack was in this show. We all, <laughs> we all hang together. Wasn't that the Revolutionary War? Oh, is that like a a saying from that? Yeah. I don't know. But this this made me think, wish that Jack was on the show from Lost. I don't know why. Maybe also the rain had something to do with it. It felt Hawaii-like, yeah. you know? I'm like, I'd like to see Jack and Hurley walking along with these guys right yeah. now. And just because also because Jack, when he said that line, it was, I hate to say this, but so much more powerful than when Glenn said a similar line. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn was just, it was kind of a quiet moment between Glenn and Daryl. Yes. And this was Jack trying to inspire this whole camp. But anyways, then finally, um, I liked how Abraham went and batted that water out of Eugene's hand because it's like, oh, okay. It looks like he still instinctively wants to take care of Eugene even after yeah. everything that happened, yeah. which was, which was kind of nice. Yeah. Right. But you know, the note did say from a friend, so <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I probably would have tried. And then I, uh, I'd probably be drinking myself silly, just like Abraham. Yeah. I was thinking that. And then uh, Michonne, she's optimistic throughout the whole episode. Rick says, this is the world. And she says, this isn't the world. You know, if you accept that this is the world, that's like giving up. So she hasn't given up at all. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three. Three uh, were the delicious dogs. Um, <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it because here's like this group of dogs, like four dogs, you know, came upon the group. And I kept thinking like, what kind of story do these dogs have? Yeah. Like, you know, they could have had their own little adventures, you know, losing some of their own, gaining more along the that way. Could be yeah. This, yeah, some children's book. <laughs> and like. then it totally ends when they run into Rick's uh, group. That's right. Really sad. Mm, it is um, sad. And finally we, saw, we, finally we saw dogs, though. I was... We, we oh yeah, we haven't seen a whole lot of dogs. We saw the one dog that came up to the door of where mm -hmm. Beth and Daryl in that house, but pretty much we haven't seen too many animals. It's mm -mm. nice to see animals again well, the, for however yeah. briefly before they were blown away. <laughs> well, dogs dogs have always been the one thing that I've always wondered why there wasn't more of. Like yes. I, I was thinking yeah. of post apocalyptic world. There's going to be two things um, that I'm not seeing in The Walking Dead. One is dogs, and the other is bikes. Like. I'm not saying any bikes. People should be using bikes. People should totally be using bikes. You're absolutely right. This is right. stuff she's wanted to say ever since we started this podcast. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad you're I'm, I'm gone. I'm <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> I'm done. You're right. Uh, didn't did but they looked kind of feral, didn't they? Well, dogs get feral pretty fast. They do, like like in the once, wild. Well, once like a you know a dog out there and then meets other dogs, they yeah. quickly form pack mentality. Sure. There's alpha mm -hmm. dog, and then they they will go after you. I mean, I wasn't. I lived in where was it? Uh, South Dakota for a while, and they're like, okay, don't go walking after a certain time because there's some wild dogs out or feral dogs out there, and they have a pack, and you're by yourself. That's not that's not very nice. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not surprised at all that there would be packs of feral dogs running. I think around. they were yeah. rabid. No. Possibly. No, no, they're rabid. They won't last long, right? Because they'll just die rabies. <laughs> okay. No, they're just like dogs going to do their dog life. Nice pack. Yeah. Do everything for their pack. So, I mean, it's kind of like uh, Rick's group, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rick's group went pretty feral. But, pretty um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's not nice to meet a pack of dogs. So that was probably the right ending. It probably was. <laughs> and honestly, they were starving, too. So they uh, mm. had barbecue dog. Yeah. I mean, I... 
Somebody uh, said, oh, I can't wait to hear what Karen, I think it was Mr. Blog. Uh-huh. Karen's not going to like that scene. And I, I said, I think she'll be okay with it. Yeah. Because it's a necessity it's at a that necessity. point, right? I'm a vegetarian, but I'm telling you, in the zombie apocalypse, I'm probably eating dogs. I'm probably eating meat again mm-hmm. because it's the only thing around. I mean, you know, I, I tell uh, my husband all the time, if we're flying over the Andes and our plane crashes <laughs> and I die, you could totally eat me, honey. I tell him that all the time. <laughs> Every day. Um, when we wake up and then once before we go to bed. <laughs> I know I could eat you. I know. <laughs> Stop with the eating, God. Well, if I ever, you know, this happens, I'll share my dog with you, I promise. Oh, thanks, mm-hmm. hon. That's you know, the white meat, the dark meat. You know what? The nice thing is they barbecued it, so. Mm-hmm. It, it looked delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody wants to I mean, eat dogs. Nobody know, wants to eat cats. Nobody wants to eat that stuff. I'm sure of it. But uh, some people do. I'm kind of surprised that. I mean, like, I can understand not wanting a pack of dogs chasing you or being out there, but like how a group might not have just one dog. Right. No. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Watch dog. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Kind of a dog would be a great thing to have when you're, you know, walking. I just, and, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think probably the bikes, main man. reason why they don't do it is because it's hard. Maybe it's hard to train and film the dogs and stuff. They could probably do it though. They had a whole show are you about Lassie. Me? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Dogs they, they are easier to train than people, probably. Get some more dogs. They you know, should just have Walking Dead dogs. That's the <laughs> Walking spin-off. Dogs. Yeah, how the dogs handle dogs. The, walk, the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> It can be a prequel showing his dog's adventure, and then the last scene will be what we just saw. Group. <laughs> you know what grossed me out more than that was was Daryl eating the worm. Although I'm down with eating worms too, I'm sure. Walking if dead it, dogs. <laughs> I know it's great. The walking dogs. I'm sure I would. I would eat worms too. Just for the hell of it. No, because we'll go get some. okay. Well, you know, I love that scene because Eugene said, "I truly do not know if things could get worse." And then, wah, 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 wah. but it turned out that that was a gift. That was things getting better. That was things because getting better. they were about to die of starvation. Yeah. If not for Sasha, itchy trigger finger Sasha, mm-hmm. those dogs might have saved their lives. And I was mm-hmm. also thinking, I wonder if it's consciously or not a callback to season three, episode one, where they had the dog food Carl found. Oh, yeah. And Rick said, we're not going to eat that. We haven't <laughs> no. sunk to that level. Yeah. Now they're eating dog. I think that's a level even below eating the dog food, I would say. If I had a dog and a dog food, I would probably eat the dog food before I'd kill a dog. I would never. I, yeah, <laughs> sure, right? sure. But if you're if you're asking me what would taste better, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> I would have to say barbecue, so barbecue dog would taste better would than dog food. Would taste better, but, you know, let's say you're desperate. Do I have A1 sauce? You know you have A1 sauce. Okay, uh, you drink all dog. the A1 sauce, and now you're still hungry. <laughs> and you know that you're going to uh, get food, you know, the next day, but you're not going to last a day without eating something. So so you, you do you eat the dog food or do you kill a dog? Oh, eat I eat the dog food for yeah, sure. Yeah. So, I so totally that's do. what I'm saying. So they've they they're more desperate now than they were. Oh, that's all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Episode. If they came across a can of dog food now, be, they would be <laughs> like, oh, my God, dog food. Thank God. Yeah, Rick yes, would go over to Carl right. and go, Carl, g- give me that. And then he would eat it all. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I remember that episode. They ate an, they ate an owl instead. So what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to eat this owl instead of like no, dog food. Well, bird, he goes like this bird then. Then dog food, then dog. <laughs> <laughs> dog. I'm with you. I think it goes dog food. That's because you're a vegetarian. Mm, 
but I like birds and dogs a lot, and okay. I like bird dogs. You know, you know, people were rolling their eyes at Rick at that point. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I was. And our <laughs> listeners are rolling their eyes at us right no, now. No, they're not. I'm going to keep going, by the way. So if you had a bird, a dog food, and, and a dog, which one would you eat first? Okay, one, I'm lazy, so I'm going to eat the dog food, because all I have to do is open the freaking can. What if no. Daryl oh, catches you gotta, the... Oh, you got to, like, defend it and right. you got to find fuel. I mean, come on. But what if you know that they can do that? Well, I'll still eat the dog food first because I'm still lazy. And then later when I'm energy, then I'll like roast up the bird and the dog. Okay. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, you'll eat them all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not... It's a party. I'm like, I'm not even hungry, but this is just so this good. Is it. It's going to go bad. It's not like there's any refrigeration. <laughs> got to eat it now. You do. Salt it up. Okay. Carpe diem. Uh, Where were we? I think. I don't know. I think it's your turn, Jenny. No, I already talked about the dogs. It's number someone three. Else's number oh, three. yeah. My turn. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can top that one. So I thought this was a great Lauren Cohen episode. Mm-hmm. And Lauren Cohen's character, Maggie, it really showed the pain of what she's lost. Basically, everybody in her family, not even basically everyone in her family, she has lost everyone in her family. And she's struggling to find a reason to go on. She has Glenn, so yay, she has Glenn. She has Glenn, baby, that's what I'm talking about. But she had some some amazing scenes. She... <laughs> The the from the beginning we already talked about a couple of her amazing scenes. The beginning when the walker comes up behind her and the look in her on her face like she's just having a hard time even motivating to get up and kill the walker. And then when she finds the 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 girl who kind of looks like Beth in the back of the car, and then she finds the girl in the barn. It you know there was a, a, some amazing scenes of her journey throughout. It, um, I thought it was a great Maggie episode. She hasn't had a lot of episodes that focused on her and her pain. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. Yeah. When we first interviewed her, uh, it was actually me and Grace. I, I was listening back to some of that recently asking her, oh, do you, you know, there's some darkness ahead for Maggie in the comic, which is kind of paralleling what's going on right yeah. now. Do you let that inform your performance? And she said, not really, because she's not, Maggie's not in that place right, right. now. And, right. But anyway, we talked about it. So now it's interesting because here she is and she's doing a great job with it. She was on The Talking Dead afterwards mm-hmm. that I watched. And they, uh, Chris Hardwick asked her, you know, you've, you've actually gotten uh, kind of some, some criticisms. Your character has had some criticisms for not being more concerned about Beth. Yeah. Until you absolutely knew that Beth was alive. And she said, yeah, I mean, it, to her, she was convinced that Beth was dead. There was no chance of her being alive. And that's what... I don't buy it still. Because she didn't seem... They didn't show her being upset about that fact. Right. There's some moments of her laughing and being happy and never any moment of her going, oh, man, I miss my sister or it's so sad my sister died. So I think that was an, an error in... Yeah. They should have had a moment of it, and then that would have been enough. Right. Know, something. Right. Or maybe... It's not her fault. No, no, no. Or or maybe the writer's always intended for her to have hope alive that maybe... Well, you just told me. She said she thought Beth that was dead. That was her opinion. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. I don't know. No, well, no, well, no I, re- it, I think right. I read that later. Some One of the writers, so I think Gimple said that, or I forget who. Anyway. Well, so I the- mean, it seems like they're just trying to backtrack and try to cover it. Because I, I do recall the episodes after they all got split up, after the governor's attack, that she was just concerned about Glenn. She's like, where's Glenn? Where's Glenn? Yeah. She never seemed to be like, and Beth. Yeah. Going, and oh, Beth. yeah, and Beth. No, and they're saying that's because she thought Beth was dead, but then she should have shown some sadness about that. Or, uh, or thought Glenn was dead. 
you know? Yeah, but she apparently didn't. Yeah, she just had this sort of irrational, turns out it was true, but at the time she didn't have any way of knowing, so it was irrational faith that Glenn was alive and had written Beth off. (laughs) So what's up with that? Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay, my number three is upbeat moments. So this is supposed to be the big depressing episode, but there were plenty of upbeat moments You know, in the beginning, Rick looked up at this practically cloudless sky and says, you know, it could rain. And then it did rain. And that was an amazing moment. And then the music box worked. That was a little like, oh, cool. I've already mentioned Glenn, Michonne, Rick and Carol were like cheerleaders and they helped the group keep going. And the dogs, which we already talked about, was great. And then Aaron at the end, maybe. Yeah. If he's friendly. We don't know. I it, <laughs> love that he said, yeah, I get it. Stranger danger, <laughs> which yeah. is exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, stranger danger. Don't trust them. They've been burned so many times. Yeah. They it, had nice music when they were walking into Terminus, too. Yes. It's hard <laughs> for me to trust anyone at this point. Right. It really is. But it, there's reason to believe that maybe he's onto something. After all, he knew Rick's name. And so... Maybe here's my my completely uninformed theory based on nothing, people. Absolutely nothing. Maybe he's somehow been in touch with Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. I assume. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Morgan said, hey, there's this guy, Rick. Because what else could it be? I don't I don't see any other. Otherwise, it's just creepy, which was how I interpreted it. You know, like mm-hmm. someone coming up to me coming up to you and saying like oh yeah how's that you know red underwear working out and you're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly totally. i don't want anyone knowing that about was kind underwear. of a lost moment because yes they did stuff like that and lost all the time where yes they leave out pieces of information that you'd think you should probably say that you learned that from morgan but <laughs> right. it's more dramatic if you don't or maybe so. have morgan <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, instead of saying from a friend saying, hey, here's the water from Morgan right. or if it is from Morgan or have the guy say, hey, Morgan, Morgan, who knows Rick from back and, you know, explain yourself. But, you know, maybe he will next week. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. OK. Your turn. Number two. Um, this is one I kind of made up just because we need to find why <laughs> five. five and I could only think of four. But anyways, um <laughs> So it's kind of the external versus internal journey. You know, here's my liberal arts education coming out. You know, usually the the first half of the season was very external journey. They went long distances, had lots of adventures, Mm -hmm. you know, had a lot of conflicts. This one was very much internal. Everyone going through their little crises. A lot of them at the same time, like, you know, group dynamics wise, when when a a large percentage of your group is depressed, that's going to drag the group down. So I just thought it was, you know, as you mentioned, it's a it's a. It, as to the diversity of the episodes out there, yes, you can have some high energy episodes, and this was a, you know, lower energy, more mental, emotional episode. But uh, they had two in a row, so that, that was a little kind of like, come on, should have spaced this one out. Yeah, <laughs> it was rough. I see. Yeah, I can see that. But I, I think when once the season's done with, that it will feel, it would all feel right. You know, because it would be tough to have two in a row because, in my opinion, they're trying to get them to their lowest point. And so if you have, okay, Tyrese dies and then there's a fun adventure and then everyone's depressed. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So it's tough to do that. I mean, I understand what you're saying. And I think people who don't 
who aren't looking ahead like that, or, or, or uh, they'll, they might just think, man, this show is too bleak for me and stop watching. <laughs> but I think by the end of the season, it'll be like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> mm, I get why they did that. My number two was the mystery that was that was set up in this episode, and I love that they're doing this. I love that the the water on the road from a friend that's crazy, and I also love the mystery of Aaron. And you know we've we've kind of discussed it, but I I think it's great. It's it's definitely a cliffhanger, and I love it when they end on a cliffhanger. So um, I'm in. I'm in. I can't wait for next week. Um, me too. I liked the way they ended that. I think they needed to because what I was just saying about people thinking, wow, this is too bleak. I'm not going to watch anymore. Hopefully some of those people are like, huh, what was that all about? Yeah. Let's see what, what that means. Yeah. Uh, My number two was just the whole thing about we are the walking dead, which we already talked about. Okay. Number one. (laughs) So my number one was, you know, one thing that I really like about the walking dead is how once in a while they're like, Every zombie has a story. You know, they do so well these scenes in which it's it's you know, they don't tell, they show. Yeah. And so like the zombie that was in the trunk, right? Yeah. With a single visual. Yep. You know, someone's yeah. tied up and a zombie in the trunk. Yeah. I mean, like there's already so much being told right there. Right. Um, what do you think happened to her? It was pretty fucked up, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, I think either she was somebody's friend, but they just wanted to keep her. In case there's a cure. Yeah, maybe. Right, or, tied up uh-huh. with, so with, with a gag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she doesn't bite anybody or harm anybody else in the meantime. I'm thinking that's the least likely. I'm thinking more that it's already a fucked up situation in the live world in which they got a pretty girl in the back of their trunk. Uh-huh. Something yeah. happened. Yeah, uh-huh. And they're dead. I mean, that and was now the she other dies in the back of the trunk. Turns into, she turns into and, a and, you know, and the look yeah. on, um, on Lauren Cohen's face, you, know, you could tell she's just like... This is so fucked up. This is so fucked up. This world is so fucked up. I mean, I don't think she was going to climb it. I think she was just kind of like, like when the world keeps disappointing you and you're just kind of like, this. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. I mean, that's exactly the kind of thing that would make you go, I should just climb in there with her. Because look what happens in this world. Okay. Your turn, Karen. Okay. So my number one. Uh, was the final scene where Maggie and Sasha t- are taking in the sunrise, and I thought it was really beautiful. And they're both talking about the people that they lost, that they loved, and they're talking about sort of making it and staying alive, and that that's the hard part. And then, and then Maggie pulls out the music box, and it still doesn't work, and they laugh because you know, God, what else can go wrong, right? And it's absolutely gorgeous and the two of them in the that sunlight that that final glow and they're both so beautiful and sad and then the stranger comes up and the stranger you know startles them and says hey i you know i didn't mean to interrupt my name is aaron and um and then they they you know jump up with their guns drawn and he says oh hey i'm a friend and uh, i'd like to uh talk to the person in charge um rick and I love how perplexed Maggie and Sasha look. And Sasha, they, they say at the same time, uh, I think Maggie says, who are you? And Sasha says, 
why? And Aaron says, I have good news, which is a crazy thing to say. And at that very moment, the music box starts working. And the, the, the shot of the two of them looking over at the music box, <laughs> and it's framed so beautifully in the sunrise. And they've got their guns drawn, crazy looks on their faces, looking over at the music box, you know, cut and seen. It it was brilliant. I thought it was one of the, my favorite final scenes. <laughs> Yeah, I liked it too. It fit in the episode really well because there were a few moments in the episode that felt like maybe the hand of God or, you know, something happening just in time, like the dogs, mm-hmm. the storm, right. the music box. And so that leads me to my number one, which is the whole storm. Yep. First off, I think my favorite scene was when they're all in the barn and Daryl goes over to the doors because they're flapping, yeah. looks through and sees the lightning flickering and the zombies flickering and the lightning yeah. coming out. That, rah, it's like, oh my God. Because yes. the whole, I, even though I liked this episode a lot, I was sort of like, oh, it's very low key. There was some good zombie fighting in there, but mostly it's look. And then that was like a, a jolt, a total jolt. Like, holy shit. Then I love seeing them all push the doors together and try to keep it uh, closed. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, man, somebody should be looking for another way out of there. But I know they were loft, all, loft. yeah, but they were all pulling together, and I thought that was great. Even the sad sacks were in there pushing as hard as they could. Right. But then the transition to everything being at peace, and Maggie waking up and seeing Judith, and they didn't really show how you got from one yes. to the other. What happened? And I thought maybe it was a dream, but I thought, nah, I don't think Walking Dead would do that. I think you know. Yeah. Then they go outside and they see the tree has fallen and the zombies are underneath it and the, and it looks like what happened was the storm kind of took care of the zombies storm for them. Co- by the way did right. you notice did you take a look and see in the distance up about 50 feet maybe higher maybe 100 feet up there was a zombie in, impaled in the tree okay so, so the, it was like a hurricane that yeah, somehow oh yeah. didn't bother that barn but it's an act of god <laughs> yeah That's it's the an thing. act of god yeah it was- yeah, I wasn't sure whether it was a dream or not because, you know, part of me was like, okay, one, the chances that the tree is just going to take out every single zombie perfectly without them having to go out and clean it up a little bit is a little, you mm-hmm. know, unrealistic. So I, I couldn't tell. I was like, is this a dream? Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I wish they would have made it a little, because I don't think it's supposed to be ambiguous. So Right. But, you yeah. know, it, it is TV, so I will give them that. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the idea, um, even though it's kind of unbelievable but it was a deus ex machina which yes. this episode had a yes. few of those so yes. that's okay right if they just had two then it wouldn't it would seem like oh wait you're having two of those but since they had like four then it's like okay there's just a bunch of them that's how this episode works yeah you want to do your notes i actually don't have any notes okay i i talked about all my notes during the regular episode okay just a few uh they mentioned it was 60 miles to washington at the beginning of this episode but they made some ground since then so i assume they're close um i was wondering what they feed that baby quiet juice of some sort because she's really well behaved mashed up worms (laughs) and quiet juice (laughs) Uh, when Gabriel threw his priest garment, I don't know what that uh-huh. thing's called. Do you? His collar. His collar. White, his white collar. collar. Into mm-hmm. the fire. I was like, oh, he suddenly feels more like a real person, you know? Yeah. But I like that scene, you know? Where he because, talks about the hair yeah, shirt? No. The scene where he talked about the hair shirt, I felt just like Maggie. Like, shut up, dude. 
you don't get to talk to me as if you're a religious person that's going to comfort me because I don't respect you, you know, mm-hmm. get it, get off it. And then, and then when he took off the collar, he, I think he sort of realized the same thing. Like, okay, this is sort of a pretense at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get to be this. I, I mean, he'll probably go back to it, but it just felt right in that moment. And it also made him seem less like a stereotype and more like a real person mm-hmm. for a second. And then um, I loved when he was crying in the rain too. Then let's see. Carol gave Daryl Beth's knife. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, there's another heirloom o- object. Yes. There's going to be a lot of those floating around. Yes. <laughs> like Herschel's watch. Uh, I liked how they're mostly, you know, they're all slow and listless out of depression and hunger. But I don't know about them sort of Aikidoing the zombies. What did you think about that? I loved it. They, they didn't yeah. seem like they were. They were going into Aikido so much as they were just sort of like using, uh, you know, just sort of pushing them off and sort of saving their energy. I that's thought. what Aikido is. You you take someone's energy that's coming at you and you deflect it and use it against them. I loved I mean, it. I thought fine, it was. Yeah. I thought it was cool and clever. Okay. And you know what? You're right. I, it, it's good. It's good. But I, one thing I didn't get is just because what's her name's. Uh, Sasha, Sasha decides mm-hmm. to knife one of them. Why did they have to give up that plan? Hard to know. You know, they could have still kept trying it it with the other ones. It was a little unclear. I will give you that for sure. Yeah. I really liked when Rick said growing up is getting used to the world, so it's easier on the kids. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. I mean, I agree with Michonne, too, that maybe they shouldn't just accept that as their world. But it makes sense that it would be easier on the kids, although Carl might turn into some like. um, Psycho? Yeah, Mad Max dude. No. He's a great kid. Uh, So that's it. Groovy, let's listen. All right, let's get into listener responses. You go first. All right, Samuel Beasy says, PETA is going to be pissed. (laughs) And Tanya Breen writes, I'm an animal rights activist, but I understood the episode. I'm not offended. Real life is a billion times worse for animals. They did a humane killing in the scene and nothing too graphic. Also, PETA is not what you think. They kill more pets than you can imagine. They're terrible. Local shelters slash grassroots organizations way to, to go to really help animals. Now, PETA, remember, that was the listener writing <laughs> not my opinion. Not, not necessarily <laughs> not. opinions of anyone affiliated with this podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, Vanessa <laughs> Abello-Powell says, where's Morgan? Mm. Craig Williams says, that was a common opinion by the way nancy wolf said i lasted 30 minutes before i paused to see how much longer i had to sit there another comment here voiced how um i've been feeling for a while to a degree hate watcher wow i try to find something good but overall it's uh, been more soap opera than i'd like jack gliciano says last week was the trip this week was the the slow face planting. The show face planting. <laughs> the show face planting. Last week was a trip. This week was the show face planting. Wow. <laughs> that, I, you know what? I totally disagree with that, but I love it. That's such a funny comment. <laughs> it was great. Eric Sherman says, loved this episode, especially Rick's speech. Caleb Stoddard writes, man, what a good episode tonight. Seeing everyone on the road deteriorating is a great realistic aspect because we always see the group being tough and overcoming. Well, you know, I mean, I kind of agree with that because you're supposed to go through this like traumatic part and then trauma becomes your new normal and then it just becomes boring. So maybe they need to go through this and then soon they're just gonna be like, "Uh, yeah, someone died. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, reading the comic and now watching the show, I've always felt like our journey is similar to the characters because when people die off uh, so much, it has less impact. Although now that I'm saying that out loud, it still is pretty impactful. Yeah. Depending on who it is and how it's shown. I mean, I even not as much though. Like Lori, when Lori died, I was like, Oh my God. And then when Tyrese died, I was like, man, this is sad, but not the yeah, same. I mean, that's, it's, 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 mm-hmm. it's like that, you know, once, yeah. you know, Tyrese dies and it's kind of like back when you had 10 kids and six died, you're like, yeah, now everyone just has like one kid and then, you know, they, they break their leg and you're like, Holy, holy crap. You're so sentimental. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Larry Blake says, a great bridge episode into a, quote, larger world. I think from here forward, the previous seasons and episodes will be remembered as a totally different environment. Interesting. Hmm. Jenny? Anthony Farnsworth says, my job has me going into people's backyards all day long. And our number one threat is dogs. When they came out of the woods like that, I actually felt the panic the whole group did. I think dogs are scarier than people or zombies. Oh, wow. <laughs> I agree. They're fast. They, they got big fast. teeth. I got bit by a dog mm. once. I, I hear that. Oh, really? Oh, my gosh. And for a long time, I had I had weird fantasies and dreams about biting the dog back. <laughs> Seriously. Are you still skittish? Nope, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Grippy Bob Dabalino writes, the smile that Aaron had on his face was either that of a cult leader or serial killer or both. I I agree with you, Grippy Bob. (laughs) Ben Metcalf says, I want to know how the storm blew down those huge trees but didn't harm the old rickety (laughs) barn. Magic. Because of God. Just how how they fell. Uh, Dan Medzi says, we know better than to trust this new guy. I don't believe in good news anymore. <laughs> I don't either. Audrey Srod says, this this season is starting to bore me. There was some good stuff smattered in the episode. The lack of dialogue is starting to bother me. If you aren't going to have actors talking, then at least have them <laughs> doing more survival like hunting for food, water, and Jimmy rigging things together. Judith was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um Actually, the lack of dialogue I, I, I like because I really don't have much faith in TV writers' dialogue, but, you know. <laughs> but also, I just feel like this show is really captivating a lot of times when there's no dialogue. It can be, and I felt like it was in this episode, for sure. Your turn. Oh, Mariano Chacon said, I liked it. It was slow, but good. Jennifer Mullen said it was slower episode, but I think I needed that this week. After losing Beth and Tyrese back to back, I needed a breather. I love the reality of the emotional and physical struggles that they were dealing with. It's tough to see them so low, but it makes you realize they can't be badasses all the time. Everyone has their breaking points. Heather Lewis Sanders says, love this episode. Very concerned for Maggie, Sasha, and Daryl. They're all at the end of their ropes. So this Aaron guy, gotta say that it was nice to see a clean man for a change, but I'd still take a sweaty, greasy Daryl over pretty much anyone. Oh, that's funny. Bridget McNeese said, I thought it was a very real episode with the difficulty of finding food and water and with so many of the characters reeling from their losses. I thought it was interesting that the most depressed characters, Daryl, Maggie, and Sasha, were the first ones to be holding the barn doors. When push came to shove, they're still determined to do what they have to do to survive and protect the group. Yeah, absolutely. Christina Brown writes, I was bored out of my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Steve Goforth says, great episode, but slow. People keep saying, 
great but slow. I, I think they should be saying great and slow. Yes. <laughs> William Blazebla says, Daryl was hoarding those marbles to himself. Yeah, <laughs> he that's was. True. He's bogarting those smokes. Marcy Brinker writes, uh, it was slow and depressing, but I liked it. I like. I read that Andrew Lincoln talked about this episode being like Cormac McCarthy's The Road, and I can definitely see that. Did you ever read Cormac McCarthy's The Road or see the movie? No, I, it's one of those ones that I wanted to see and never got around to it, but it's apparently very bleak and depressing. Yeah, so. yay. <laughs> Let's run out and see it. Okay, Jenny's over comforting Nico, so we'll just go along. Yeah. Uh, Raylan Zapula said, I really liked it. I enjoyed seeing the group at their lowest, seeing how they all deal with it and how they help each other out of the dark times. Hey, Raylan. Darling, how are you? Yeah, I totally like that too. And I, we, this is the lowest we've ever seen him, I think. Yep. Kim Freemel Sonderman writes, one of my favorite episodes so far from the beginning where they showed the uh, uh, cicada on the tree to the Zomnado <laughs> to Aaron. Very introspective. The Zomnado. Nancy Ridgeway says, never before have we seen them so downtrodden. Seems like I heard that somewhere before. Yeah. So many mm-hmm. demons were being fought by the individual group members. My heart broke when Rick said, we are the walking dead. Yet from day one, I believe that was the truth. Loved hearing it. Very emotional episode. Really great. Love this show. Terry Thompson Westbury writes, just hope nothing happens to Judith. (laughs) Mark Miller says, slow, but enjoyable. Slow and enjoyable. A much needed reset. And Dustin Helms writes, that last part was a reminder of Lost. Yeah, Yeah, brother. (laughs) The others, aka them. I say brother a lot now, and that's because of Lost. (laughs) Got it. Are we going to be talking to him? Uh, he So Walker Stalker Chicago's next weekend. Uh, yeah, the, the guy who played Desmond's yeah. going to be there. You see how green I am? That's jealousy. <laughs> but there's one guy on the team who is so into Lost. And he's like started up a charity around it and has done these Lost events. So I'm like, dude, you should do the Lost panel. He's like, thank you. So he's oh, Jay. He's going to be doing it. Oh, that's fantastic. Jane James. But uh, we're, we're having Lost people come to more of these so i might get to do one at some point anyways that's it for deadcast top five i think that was pretty good let's take a little break there's more to come stay with us back and it's time for our first sponsor it's audible i have never been so excited to talk about audible as i am today really why yeah, tell me why we've done several ads with yeah them, we have and i'll tell you why in just a second but first i want to tell you that audible has over one hundred fifty thousand titles to choose from any kind of audiobook you can think of and as usual you can go to audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast and you get a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook Uh, They wanted me to tell you, unlike a streaming or rental service with Audible, you own your own books. They have free apps for iPhone, Android, and Windows Phone, and you can access your book anytime. I've used the iPhone one. It's really good. You can go through the chapters and everything. Uh, You can do bookmarks, annotated bookmarks. And, of course, we always say how much we love Audible because you can listen while you do other things. Yep. 
like commute exercise. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's why I'm so excited about it because I just read this really amazing book, a zombie book. It's the best zombie book I've ever read. Ooh, what and is I it? I think you would love it. <gasps> and I want you to read yeah? it. It's called The Girl with All the Gifts, which is a great title. Haven't heard of it. It just came out last like summer. Uh-huh. It's by a guy named well, his pen name for the book is M.R. Carey, but he's actually Mike Carey. He's a comic book writer that I that I had been into. I didn't even realize it was him until I got partway through the book. But the uh, zombiness in this book is based on uh, Ophiocordyceps fungus, which we talked about a long time ago on our podcast when we used to do news from Lake Zombiegon. Yeah. This fungus takes over these yes. ant brains and changes their behavior. Yeah. Well, that's what happens in this book. That's also the conceit behind The Last of Us, this game that I love. But anyways, this book starts out from the perspective of this innocent young girl, and, but there's something dark going on, and it's all from her perspective. So it has this kind of mysterious, It's she's really bright-eyed, and you can tell that there's something dark, though. And the writing is totally beautiful and really descriptive and detailed, but always in a way that makes sense for whatever character is the point of view character because you get different chapters with other characters. Yeah, uh, The characters are really strong and distinctive and they change over time and they surprise you. And it's just really great. It's tense. It's poignant. It has a lot of heart, which I didn't expect from a zombie book. And it feels very literary. I learned new words from it. Ooh. Like a limpet. Do you know what that is? Yeah. A limpet is like, isn't that a sea creature that sort of gloms on you? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. And that's what he uses it as a metaphor for something that gloms on. But there are tons more. Um, I like it because it's a little while before you figure out exactly what's going on. But the journey to get there was great. And then once you do, it's still really exciting. It won Best Sci-Fi Audiobook of 2014 on audible.com. Oh, cool. It's set in England. It's it's a he's a British yeah, author. Yeah. The writing is very has Englishisms in it, you yeah. know, the spellings and yeah. these different references and stuff. And the reader of the book from Audible is English. I'm gonna play a little oh sample for you. Oh my god. Here it goes. It's a girl. That's she okay. saw. And she this remembers. She listens too. And from overheard conversations, she has a sense of this place in relation to other places she hasn't ever seen. This place is the block. Outside the block is the base, which is Hotel Echo. Outside the base is Region 6, with London, 30 miles to the south, and then Beacon, another 44 miles further. And nothing else beyond Beacon except the sea. Most of Region 6 is clear, but the only thing that keeps it that way is the burn patrols, with their frags and fireballs. This is what the base is for, Melanie is pretty sure. It sends out burn patrols to clear away the hungries. The burn patrols have to be really careful, because there are lots of hungries still out there. If they get your scent, they'll follow you for a hundred miles, and when they catch you, they'll eat you. <laughs> oh, the so, hungries. Yeah, that's what they call them. It's great. Um, it, I mentioned this to Grace, and she read it in a day and loved it. And uh, I really want you to read it. I actually wrote to the publisher, and uh -huh. uh, there's a pretty good chance that we can interview the <gasps> writer Grace. once you know Walking Dead's off. Yeah, let's do it. So I think we should totally do it. One thing, the ending really threw me for a loop. I don't mind crazy endings. Yeah, I mean, I... I I don't. I 
really don't feel like I liked the ending, although I appreciated it, but it didn't ruin the book for me. And it's something I'm still mulling over in my mm-hmm. head, mm-hmm. Um, but I still totally recommend it. It's just one of the best books I've read in a long time. Fabulous. Just a zombie book. All right, I'm in. But, uh, it's called The Girl with All the Gifts. But even if you're not interested in that one, you can still go to audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast and find something else for yourself in whatever genre you like or want to read or listen to. And you get that free trial and free book. And if you don't like what you choose, you can actually exchange it. I, I don't think they had this before, but Audible has this, what they call great listen guarantee. So you can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title. Anytime, no questions asked. So you could just keep doing that over and over. No, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you've been on the fence about Audible or you're curious, this is a great time to go to audiblepodcast.com slash deadcast and try it out. And we thank Audible for their support. Thanks, Audible obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens the people it kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking dead cast news update thanks rem <laughs> this is uh just a few items today so robert kirkman has a comment called outcast that's all about like this demon hunter guy well that's going to be a tv show on cinemax they ordered <laughs> 10 episodes what did we know this before did we report this? Uh, we may have reported that they were trying to make a TV show out of it, but yeah. now this is we know it's going to be a 10-episode first season. Kirkman's like the busiest man in the world. It's crazy. Yeah. The pilot's directed by a guy named Adam Wingard, who directed the movie You're Next, which mm-hmm. I think was a horror movie that got good reviews. Um, it stars Patrick Fugit. Fugit? Fugit. Fugit. Fugit from... Fug it. Do you know who, where he, yeah, do you know where almost he's Almost famous. Yes. And Gone Girl. He's Kyle Barnes, a man whose family has been involved in demonic possessions his entire life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, while on his quest, he makes a discovery that could change his and the entire world's fate forever. Cholesterol is not actually bad for you. No, I just added that last part. <laughs> <laughs> That's been in the news. Did you hear? No, the cholesterol is good. changed its, like about how you shouldn't eat foods and high in cholesterol. Now they don't say that anymore. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Where's the bacon? Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we'll see how that is. I read the first issue of the comic and I it didn't really grab me, but it might be good. I, I think it would make a better TV show than a comic. As long as you don't care about Satan and stuff like that on your shows. Um, at w- Walker Stalker Con San Francisco, mm-hmm. Lou Temple was on stage and it was Mr. Blog and P. Elani mm-hmm. doing a panel with eight actors. Oh, wow. It was pretty, they did a great job. Anyways, I get up because I heard a rumor and I asked him, hey, I heard Axel is actually going to be crazy. Because remember yeah. when I used to say that? Yeah. I used to say, he's going to be crazy. He's going to yes. be crazy. Then he yeah. died. I was like, oh, damn it. Well, he said that actually that he was going to be crazy. Yep. And he was going to have like this, like, I think a satanic tattoo on his chest or something. And he was going to lure, he said, either Carl or (gasps) Beth out into the woods and kill kill him. Oh. Crazy. Wow. They sure (laughs) didn't go in that direction. I'm glad they didn't. I wish they would have. I mean, I wouldn't want him to have killed Carl, but Beth would have been all right. (laughs) Wow. You're heartless. (laughs) And anyways, that would have been awesome. So not the Beth part, but him being crazy. (laughs) Andrew Lincoln in Entertainment Weekly uh, article, uh, it says a few months back, The Walking Dead star Andrew Lincoln told Entertainment Weekly that episode 10 of this season was, quote, the episode I always wanted to make. 
Now, now that the episode titled Them has aired, we asked Lincoln what he meant by that. Well, what I meant was that I'm a huge admirer of Cormac McCarthy, says Lincoln. Yeah. When I was preparing for the first season of this show, I read a few things and The Road was one of them. Before you ever started Walking Dead. I just thought that it, that is a modern parable. I mean, that's what it is. It's kind of a classic parable, and that's the closest thing I can equate it to. I think there's a simplicity, a directness, and a poetry in that book. Certainly the script had it, and I hope we managed to capture that in episode 10. And then the speech about Rick's grandfather in the war that you yeah. didn't like really hit home for Lincoln when he first read it due to a personal connection with the past. He says, when I read it, it reminded me of something that happened in my life when I spoke to someone in a fight. I don't understand what that means, but okay. he says, it almost had the same speech. So it resonated on a really, really profoundly deep familial level. I remember when I read it, I just cried. When I read the script, I couldn't because I always tend to read my words out loud and I just couldn't. I got something caught in my throat when I read this speech. It was just a very bold episode, and I hope we got it right. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was yeah. kind of nice. I think you did get it right. I love Andrew that Lincoln. guy. Yeah. So great. All right, next. Gail Ann Hurd on E! Online. She says, or actually they say, what does Walking Dead executive producer Gail Ann Hurd think of the accusations that the hit AMC show has a tendency to kill off African-American characters? I know everyone's tired of hearing this, but... Um, I, I just thought it was interesting what she said and true. She says, look, this is something in this world that we should be cognizant about. So my feeling is sure, let's get it out there. Let's talk about it. We've killed a lot more white characters than African-American characters. And not only that, I think it's important to point out that we did cast two African-American actors in roles that were not African-American and the comic books, Bob was white and the character of Noah was not an African-American. Noah's not in the comic, but I think she means that they just, when they were casting that character, he wasn't set out to be black. Uh, she says, we just cast the best actor. Also, Noah's still alive, and so is Seth Gilliam playing Father Gabriel, and obviously both Sasha and Michonne, and let's not forget the character of Glenn has been on the show since the very beginning. So I, I agree with that, I don't think. I mean, it is interesting that uh, Daryl, Glenn, uh, Rick... Carl, they've all been around for a really long time while black actors have come and gone, but plenty of white actors have come and gone too. Michonne's been around for a long time. I just don't think that's this is an issue anymore. Yeah. Finally, Stephen Yun and Conan O'Brien went to this Korean spa together and uh, <laughs> they got stripped down and they got like waxed and uh, they did like this five waxed. minute video awesome. or they got like scrubbed, right? Scrubbed. Or yeah. Yeah. Or... yeah. And they were in the awesome. spa talking to people and it was pretty funny. Actually, um, Stephen Young just kind of sat there like, giggling <laughs> at Conan, but Conan was hilarious. So go on Google and uh, check that out if That's you get a chance. Especially funny, funny knowing what uh, Gwyneth Paltrow recently said about going to a Korean spa and getting her uh, nether region steamed. She did. She said that. Yeah. With like uh, mugwort. Okay. Where can we see the video on that? <laughs> Nowhere. Damn. So that's it for the news. Now we're doing our second sponsor. It's Loot Crate. And as you probably know, Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geek and gamer items and pop culture gear. If you go to lootcrate.com slash deadcast and enter code deadcast you save three bucks off any new subscription and for less than twenty dollars a month even without that savings you get six to eight items with like licensed gear apparel collectibles 
unique one-of-a-kind items, which I think is the coolest, things that you can only get through Loot Crate. And they guarantee $40 plus in retail value in each crate. And sometimes it's actually a lot more than that. Every month they have a different theme, so that's kind of fun. And they have items curated around that theme. They're kind of like our Deadcast Top 5. The themes can be anything. The theme for this box that I have right here was, this is, I think, the December box, and it was anniversaries. So it has all kinds of stuff related to anniversaries. I'm giving it to Karen, so because this is the first time you've seen this, because yeah. we haven't been recording in person. No, we haven't. Well, there's cute little, oh, that that's... thing right there, I looked yeah. on Face. I mean, on uh, eBay, and it was going for... 30 bucks it's the joker from batman it's and joker it's, batman mixed yeah it's really cool thing. that's awesome but here's uh that simpson wallet oh yeah the simpson wallet that's so great oh my god i love it <laughs> stickers there's yeah. cool things oh my god here's the socks groot socks oh the groot socks they're so cute Nico might have put that candy cane in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this Batman comic book. And I found out that this month, this February's theme is all about games. And I also found out from Skybound's website, because usually you don't know what's going to be in these boxes, but Skybound revealed that this loot crate has a deck from this game called Super Fight. Oh. So when you play Super Fight, you get cards and mm-hmm. you end up, uh, they show different characters and powers or attributes. So you get a set of cards that, and you end up making creating heroes. So for example, you might have a zombie with super speed and a chainsaw versus an invisible shark inside a giant ham- hamster ball. <laughs> so you have different attributes and characters, and then you have to argue with the other person about which character would win in a fight. And then once you're done arguing, everyone around the table, uh, Says Votes? who's the winner. Yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> so it sounds fun. I totally wanted to play it. So I actually subscribed to Loot Crate this month. This other one they gave me for free, but I'm like, I want to play this game and I, I just like games in general. So I'm excited to see what Very I get cool. in it. Even the box is cool. Yeah, the, the boxes for these different companies that we've been having as advertisers are all awesome. They just have a really good packaging. Like you can, you can sort of, you can do something to it and make it in it into something cool also. Yeah, I think it is It is like some kind of a... Like a toy in and of yeah, itself. Yeah, a toy in and of itself. That's really great. I think loot creates a lot of fun because you get surprised every month. And if you want to get this gamer one, if you're a gamer, then you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive this month's crate. And when that cutoff happens each month, 19th at 9 p.m., then that's it. It's over. So that's just a couple of days if you're listening to this on Tuesday. But whether you subscribe now or later, make sure you go to lootcrate.com slash deadcast and enter code deadcast, and you can save three bucks off any new subscription. And thank you so much to Loot Crate for your support. Thank you, Loot Crate. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Okay, so this first email comes from Sarah Leone, who writes, I'm terribly bored with the show, and I've been a huge fan since the start. This episode, same old, same old, except did the writers forget an episode regarding Carol? Last time we saw her with that, ah, geek 
Ah, geez, Pookie, everything will be okay attitude was when was when the first episode at the prison from October 2013, after she killed Karen and David, and then her banishment, she's been pensive and dark. Even a few episodes ago, after her reunion with the group, she was going to get in the car and leave. In that dragging episode with Daryl, she was still so somber. Now suddenly, without any explanation, she's back to pep talk, Carol. I thought the writers were going somewhere with her persona, the development from battered wife to nurturing group member to desperado to questioning herself to her capability to go back to the group and fit in. But overnight, one and a half seasons of development disappeared. Hmm. You agree? I don't really agree because she did have some some time there with don't forget, she was in the she was uh, on the road with Tyrese and the girls, and she had she had a lot of transition there, talking with Tyrese and getting his forgiveness because she she owned up to everything she did, and Tyrese forgave her, and then and then she saved everybody at at Terminus. Yeah. So um, and now she was still being a hero and fighting. Yeah. And, I mean, she was questioning her own place in the group, right? But she was never. She always was helpful to everybody else. Mm-hmm. And the last time we saw her, I was thinking back, was when she was with Daryl trying to go and find Beth. Right. Remember? Mm -hmm. And they found Noah. And Daryl was going to let Noah get killed by the zombie. And and, uh, Carol didn't want him to. So that's not exactly pep talk, Carol. But the situation calls for it now. And I I just think. She's stepping up. Like I said, she's been through so much. And she's a warrior now. I hear you, Sarah, though. I hear you. Thanks for writing. <laughs> Kelly Johnson says, Hi guys, I'm one step closer to being ready for the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I've always been a runner, number one cardio. Nice. And think I'm pretty tough for a petite girl, but I'm always looking for ways to be better prepared. I don't know if either of you have bad vision. I do. But let me tell you, as cumbersome as it is, even in everyday life now, it would be a death sentence in the ZA. Picture Sawyer on the island, but with no Jack to make him those fashionable specs, and the others are bloodthirsty cannibals. Bad times. Mm-hmm. I've had glasses forever, and I've always been paranoid about being dependent on them, especially after the Twilight Zone episode with poor Henry Bemis. Yeah, that's a, that's a great episode, by the way. That's the library episode. He, he breaks his glasses. He's stuck in the library. Yay, I'm in a library. He loves to read, but then his glasses break. So There was something about that on Futurama where... He's like, well, at least I can do this. And then that gets ruined. Something else gets ruined too. (laughs) Um, But today I had LASIK surgery. And after four hours of suckitude that followed, I'm now reveling in my freedom from eyeball shackles. (laughs) That must've been a crappy four hours. If you thought your, your vision was going to suck for the rest of your life, but thankfully it didn't. Yeah. Uh, The paperwork at the doctor's office asked why you want to have the surgery. And I don't think he appreciated my reason as much as you and your (laughs) listeners would zombie apocalypse. Yo, Oh my God, that is the best reason ever. And by the way, I had LASIK surgery two years ago and it was the best thing I ever did. I would put on there because I want to see. Anyways, vision, yeah, yo. vision. It, it, why do they care? It always got me thinking, what are some other conditions that we are able to manage in society now that would be huge liabilities in the ZA? Dental Do you or your listeners have any thoughts on what those would be and how to cope with them when the zombies get here? Or what if you're on antidepressants or something or medication, any medication that you need? Yes. You know? Yes. You're in trouble. Uh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. If you need Vi- Viagra, you're not getting any Viagra. <laughs> There's uh, not, not a lot of love happening in the, in the zombie apocalypse. Well, they got to repopulate the earth. 
Get going, people. Thank you for channeling your passion and talents into this show. I listened to your show to keep me from getting too nervous up until I went into the surgery room and resumed as soon as I got home and had to keep my eyes closed for four hours. You guys got me through, and I'll always treasure that. You're welcome. Yeah, I have bad vision, and I wear contacts, but I would be in trouble. I mean, I just got some glasses, but maybe I should get a few more spare pairs. Case of the ZA. Uh, uh, What else? Medication, glasses, I don't know. Dental yeah. problems. You would, it would be awful if you needed a root canal. Yeah, dental. Just and any any away. health issues. Any health issues. Or if you had bad. like uh, a prosthetic, you wouldn't be able to oil it. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> um, she says, P.S. I agree with all the listeners who say Karen's voice is adorable. Aw. I agree. But I can't believe no one has mentioned how much she sounds like Leslie Canope. I don't watch that show. Mm. Maybe I'm just watching too much Parks and Rec, but I get a kick out of picturing Amy Poehler <laughs> gushing on about Glenn and listening who calls in with accents. Love it. Karen, you are sunshine. <laughs> Someone has mentioned that you sound like Amy Poehler. That's at really some funny. Point. Yeah, I've got to listen yeah. to this show now. I love it when Jason talks about Burning Man. I live in Seattle and love all my burner friends and, and can tell I love you too. <laughs> If you ever want to come visit, I'll take you guys to the best burner parties with the best <gasps> music and the best hugs. I want to be at the best burner parties with the best music and best hugs. Okay, you, Kelly. You've you're never on. been to Burning Man. I, no, I'm just I want to be at the Burning Man parties. <laughs> That's not the Burning Man. I want to be. I, be, I hang Exclusion. out with Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. You would love him, by the way, except for this attitude. <laughs> when I'm like this, which yes. is all the time. But, <laughs> but no, that's him. freaking awesome. Thank you. Oh, yeah, Kelly, maybe we'll meet up sometime. I want him to do a Walker Shocker Con in Seattle. I don't know if you'd go to one of those, <gasps> but if you do, I love Seattle. I lived in Seattle for a year. It was great. Mm-hmm. I lived in the Walling. Oh, you did? Neighborhood. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, in between my uh, undergraduate year and my graduate year, I, I worked for the city of Seattle in their recycling program, and it was such a fun year. Oh, God, it was so fun. Such a great town. I loved it. Anyway, this is from Megan Divley Lehman, who writes, First observation, the dog collar in the foreground of the bark bacue scene <laughs> made me feel all the things. I don't think our 15-year-old epileptic cat would fare too well in the apocalypse. Oh, I can't think of my little posy in the apocalypse. Let me tell you, that it breaks my heart. Second observation, a rake would be an ideal tool to carry to keep walkers safely at arm's length while being dispatched. Couldn't they find a rake in that barn? <laughs> I would uh, also carry a pocket of rocks to throw to misdirect a walker what? or to quickly get the attention of a friend without speaking. Work smarter, not harder, people. You could also you, rake Megan. with it. <laughs> too bad there's not any hoes <laughs> <laughs> there's a few in there no i'm just kidding um yeah that's that's a good one they i remember um herschel's guys figured out how to like call yes. the zombies but yeah they don't do that kind of stuff so much anymore. how did they call them again they had like long sticks with like wire loops around it or something yeah something like that right Thanks, Megan. Good to hear from you. Alex Brunstein from Norway, Alexis, sorry, says another episode with too much drama, too slow pace, too bad dialogues, and even too bad acting. <laughs> Most of the actors are good for a zombie TV show, but they're not good enough for real TV drama, which is what the writers are turning The Walking Dead into. So I think uh, Alexis is a guy, but I'm not sure. Uh, Alexis is saying if 
if the right, the, if the writing is going to get good, then that's going to ruin the show. Cause the actors aren't good enough for good writing. So they should just keep the writing bad. So it'll be all congruent. <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, I'm sorry. Brother. I'm being really snarky, but anyway, he's saying I, I have the Americans for that. Another thing <laughs> is the inconsistence in the story. Suddenly after five seasons, they don't have access to water, food, cars, before it was never a problem. To me, this seems all too fake. And now to try and make it look real and serious, it's a problem when they were con- contemplating eating dog food. Mm-hmm. seems like it's a problem whenever they're out on the road by themselves and they run out of supplies. Um, turning the zombie world real and serious, it just makes it boring. Plain and simple, boring. The only positive is that they may be going to D.C. soon and shit will happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, Alexis. He or she... Um, Alexis, I think you're a guy, but correct me if I'm wrong. Anyways, I saw on Twitter, you were asking me if I was serious about my 4.5 or whatever it was for last week's episode. And yes, absolutely. I mean, obviously we just have a different uh, opinion about this episode, these episodes, but many other listeners share your uh, feeling that it was boring. We, I, I, there were plenty of comments on Facebook that I didn't read because I can't read them all that said the same thing. By the way, quick, quick review of Norway. I spent some time in Bergen. Oh, one of my favorite places on the planet. I love yeah, Norway. I, I want to go there too. Yeah, kisses to Norway. Love you, Norway. This is from Brendan T. Burke, who writes, did anyone else notice that it appeared that Abraham was cut by Sasha's wild knife swing during the Walker Bridge Bell? I did. It looked like either a graze or maybe a close call of blood spray on his arm, but you can see something in, on his bicep. He also looks at her angrily just afterwards. In a couple of later scenes Abraham of Abraham sitting around the campfire drinking a red line appears to still be there i'd hate to lose abraham this way but after a knife blade cuts through a walker flesh and and gore and then directly into someone's skin isn't that really is that any different than being bitten i was thinking about that too i was like um did he just get um de facto bit you know i was thinking about that like oh my god i don't think so because well maybe but it's um, all magic anyway they Zombies have don't not really exist. paid any attention to fluids they play fast yeah. and loose they've with bodily blood. fluids they've smeared Bladder. it all over themselves yeah, yeah. yeah. so so i don't somehow know. magically but i didn't catch that and seems like maybe there's some point to having had that happen in the episode other than or i mean maybe it, you know it could have just been that uh to to um bring home the point that sasha is being reckless yeah. That might have been the only reason for it. Might have been. This is from Nigel Jones says, Walking in the baking sun and no hat on Judith. How irresponsible. Just what is the baby surviving on? Is she old enough to eat dog? <laughs> is this the first time they've used the term the walking dead? I think so. Yep, I think, I think so. so. Good episode, but very little seemed to happen and next to nothing achieved. <laughs> Which, I, uh, nothing has to be achieved. If it's entertaining, then that's awesome in my opinion. Thanks for writing, Nigel Jones. Love that name. This is from Corey Metcalf in Australia. It's been a while and I felt I owe a haiku review for you. (laughs) Here it is. Bottle episode, on the road, the woods, the barn. God is watching them. Well done, Corey Metcalf in Australia. Thanks for our haiku review from you. Okay, from Dan Murray. Dan says, Karen, thanks for the entertainment this last year while I recovered from a plantar fascia muscle injury. I'm about 90% recovered and running again. Yay. Also, thanks to your podcast, I now have a Citizen Cope song, Bullet and the Target, on my running mix. Woo! 
Keep up the great podcast, oh, and run as if pursued by a horde of zombies. <laughs> we will. That's great. All right, let's move on to calls. We got a couple of calls. This is a call about last week's episode from an anonymous caller. Where was Karen? It was a beautiful episode, but don't you think Karen should have been there to welcome Tyrese into the afterlife? That's all I'm saying. Love your show. Bye. I'm here and I'm welcoming him <laughs> into the afterlife. Welcome, Tyrese. Did you see Jenny's back, by the way? Welcome back, Jenny. Hello, I replaced myself with a bag of can uh, of uh, kettle corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's awesome. And and Nico was quite happy with the replacement. <laughs> Did, so so people were complaining that Karen wasn't one of Tyrese's hallucinations, and so one of our listeners uh, put this Karen. <laughs> into the hallucination with a speech bubble that says fucky fuck 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 it's pretty funny i'll post it on our site hilarious all right two more this is uh also about last week's episode it's lynn from alabama hey jason and karen this is lynn from alabama first time caller i've been listening to the show for a long time calling in about uh season five episode nine talking about tyrese i'm gonna get a little deep here so uh, excuse me if I uh, wax on too long, but uh, I think when Tyrese was standing there looking at the photos, the one boy was very happy uh, or in some sort of different, um, uh, had different feelings, and the one boy always seemed angry. I think that was kind of a reflection on how you have to be in the world mm. that they live in to continue. It seems like everyone who kind of gets soft whether it's Dale or, in this case, Tyrese, they seem to fade away pretty quickly. Either you know, they take a stand on something that's not uh, aggressive, uh, and then they go on. Um, he had Dale dying in the field shortly after he took his stand about Sophia. Um, and you have Tyrese, who's he's not the aggressor in pretty much every situation. He does what he needs to do to try to get out. Um, but doesn't take care of it with the guy from uh, Woodbury. He said he killed him. Obviously, he didn't. Uh, so I think that was what he was kind of staring at. You see, this angry kid, that's who he needs to be to survive. And then the happy kid is who he is. And there's no way for him to get, you know, from one to the other. And then you see him shortly uh, get bit. And, of course, we know how that ends. Good episode last week. Just wanted to call in and give my thoughts. Thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, I didn't catch that because there did seem to be something going on there. And now that you mentioned it, I'm going to have to go back and watch it and see. But you didn't leave your zombie sound, so you're going to have to call back in. <laughs> Thanks. <it>. Thanks, Lynn. <laughs> Thank you. And finally, we have Dez from Ohio. Hey, good morning, guys. This is Dez. Hey, I'm really just waiting for a bad episode this evening. I'm starting to sound like a PR person, but I love this one. It was great. I was kind of concerned about Maggie most of the episode. I thought she was going to turn to a dark place. We were looking around the barn for a, a big rope somewhere, but luckily that didn't happen. Um, we it's kind of sad to see that it wasn't a pack of wolves, but it was a bunch of pets. So they showed the collars at the end. You know, my son got a little teary-eyed. Uh, we were a little confused for part of it. We, we thought the attack on the barn was like a dream sequence or something when because when Maggie woke up, it kind of looked like that was in her head. But then when she went outside, you can see that someone, some kind of saviors, 
maybe, you know, killed off the zombies while they were attacking, but left most of them alive and moving, just not able to get up and walk. <laughs> it looked like it kind of looked like it was a message letting them know that, you know, somebody took care of them and maybe they should be appreciative later on. So I don't think that was Aaron's group. I think that may have been someone else. Can't imagine who that would be. God. The writers. Um, <laughs> it was really great to finally hear that we are the Walking Dead speech, although it was a little bit different from the original. Yep. And let's see. Sorry, I'm going blind. I'm trying to read my notes from last night. Um, oh, the Talking Dead last night. We finally got to see Hippie Sam talking, you know. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, all gagged up and ready to get his head bashed in. <laughs> well... Like I said, it was another great episode. It was really good to see the spotlight, Maggie and Sasha. Uh, you guys have a good night. Bye. All right. Thanks, Bye, man. Des. You saw that. Was he good? Mm-hmm. He, he was good. Did he, he talk cute. about Gotham? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he, had kind of a, he had a, a very tricky little haircut. <laughs> and maybe it was from the, the his role in Gotham. But oh, yeah. yeah, he's great. Cool. All right, you guys, let's move along to comic talk where Mr. Blog and Grace Lee will talk about how this episode is similar and different from the comic, maybe do a little speculation. So if you don't want to get spoiled on anything potentially comic-y related, then you should skip it. But I think it's uh, going to be a great segment. So take it away, guys. Hey, everyone. I'm Mr. Blog. And I'm Grace. And I'm very excited to go ahead and start talking about how uh, episode 510 uh, them relates to the comics we didn't have that much again did we no not that much but what we had was pretty exciting absolutely and it seems like gimple seems to be doing a good job of not you know kind of ignoring a lot of the little tiny details of the comic but hitting those major beats really really well oh, yeah. um and the very first thing that popped up was rick's speech where he you know, and, and the tone was different. I'm going to go ahead and say that right after that. The tone was very different from where the speech originally came from. But he finally said, we are the walking dead. <laughs> it was such a great moment in the comic. And this goes all the way back to the prison arc. Oh, yeah. Volume four. Is that what Wait. it was? Volume four? Yeah. The heart's wow. desire way back then. And that was after Carol's suicide attempt and uh, Rick walking in on Tyrese and and. Michonne making out they have their big fisticuffs uh, episode there and everybody's all mad at Rick even though it was actually Tyrese that did most of the beating in that one Rick really didn't do that much at all I still always get frustrated by that but uh, he comes back in and kind of tries to set everybody straight about how he's not the crazy one in this case it's a little different just more of a we need to survive yeah, in the show it was much more they're in a much more desperate place than when uh he had the speech at the prison. Yeah. Which, that desperate place, is exactly where they were when... You go ahead and take it away. This was such a great moment. <laughs> and I still don't think it was quite as as desperate as, as it is in the show. But um, the second big thing was Aaron's introduction. Walking up to the group. And um, that is from Volume 12, Life Among Them. And it, it was a little bit different. I think it was Rick and Abraham that he walked up to instead of Maggie and, you know, of course, not Sasha. Yeah. Um, but the same feel. He, the guy that they had cast looks so much, you know, was dressed just like Aaron and, you know, came up with that still that, that friendly banter <laughs> and asking, you know, for the leader. In this case, he knew Rick's name. He did not know Rick's name in the comic. No, no, so, I'm pretty sure he does, doesn't he? 
No, he didn't know Rick's name in the comic, but he does know other details. And it was obvious in the comic as well that he had been watching them for a while. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> Actually, if you're listening to this, that well, everything's a spoiler. So I guess we don't have to worry about that, do we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, especially since he knew Rick's name in the TV show, it's obvious that he's been watching them or, you know. Has well, there was an interview. There's an interview that he gave with uh, the actor. God, what was his name? Ross. Um, oh, I forget his name right now. It's terrible. Sorry. But the actor who's playing Aaron gave an interview to Entertainment Weekly. Is that who it was? I'm not sure. Well, he basically spoils the fact that he's been using spy gear and listening <laughs> in on them. So, you know, that is also consistent with the comic. I thought it was set up beautifully. It it That was really one of those wonderful, oh, this comic is really coming alive. And And Jason, I know he did not forward the email to us yet, but I know he got an email about somebody who thought that I might be upset that they rushed the Aaron storyline um, because I had talked about that last week, but actually it was the Negan storyline that I'm, I'm frustrated people are trying to rush. Exactly. I knew this had to happen now, and I'm very happy with the way that it happened. How about you? Did you like that? Oh, I loved it, yeah. It's, a, it's at a perfect spot, and especially they're so downtrodden, I think they need some, a, little, a little fresh blood, see what's going to stir up. Well, and that's the great thing about them being in such a low place is that it's going to make that impact so much more exciting and so much more just, wow, when when they finally do get to Alexandria and they do see somebody walking a dog or as I like to keep harping on about, you know how much I love this, the idea of that dinner party at Alexandria <laughs> where, you know, you Michonne, love the dinner party. I do. Yeah. I love that was such and actually I love the cover from that issue. And I don't know if you remember the the individual issue on this one. But it is Michonne in a lovely like cocktail dress, mm-hmm. you know, at the party. I believe it was a purple dress of some sort, and <laughs> she's got her katana behind her, uh, just at the ready. And I believe, if I recall correctly, her legs are even crossed. I just love that. There was one that I loved that cover. <laughs> so that to me is that dinner party, and I just want to see that come alive. You know what I'm not looking forward to? What's that? If Rick shaves, you're not. You like the beard? Well, I don't like the beard so. You know, unkept, but I like um, Andrew Lincoln scruffy. Uh, he looks too much like a, a baby with it, <laughs> with a clean shaven face. So, so well, if I, he does that, that'll be quite the shocker. I appreciate that, and I think you know. I mean, I think we've all seen him, say, you know, recently, and that he does not have the big scruffy beard. So it's going to happen. Be prepared uh. for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you have any predictions about what we're going to see next? I mean, I guess it's going to be them approaching alexandria at this point or do you yeah think well i'm what i'm actually interested to see is that if they are as rough on aaron as they were in the comic <laughs> well i think they're going to be a little rougher i would i would think so but on the flip side i'm like they're also much more desperate but I, they have also been through more with um, the whole Terminus thing, too. Exactly. So I think they would be rougher. So, But that, that'll be interesting. Well, what'll Aaron. be interesting <laughs> to see who's going to be rougher and who's going to be the one to say, like, look, I don't care. We got to do this. You know, that's usually the way this goes, right? So right. will it be Michonne? Will it be Glenn? Uh, those are the ones I see. But then again, I can't remember who did that with Terminus as well. I felt like there, that was that... That discussion happened back then as well. And look where it got him. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're looking at this from the fact that we know who Aaron is. Exactly. And that he can be trusted and that he's a great guy and blah, 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 blah. All these great things that we know about this. And it's so it, it's been cracking me up the last day 
reading all the reactions from the TV viewers who have no idea who Aaron is and the just blatant distrust of him right off of the bat. And it's understandable that <laughs> oh, that would totally be Oh, totally understandable, yeah. But knowing who Mr. J. Crew, you know, Justin Timberlake-looking guy is, <laughs> is great. I, I'm loving it. And I got so happy about it. And even when, when Mrs. Blog and I were watching the show last night, when I saw the water from a friend, I, I turned to her. I'm like, Aaron, he's here. It's Aaron. And, you know, even though that didn't happen in the comment, I'm like, that, that yeah, just I didn't works. make the connection with that for some reason. Oh, that one I did. And I just, I, you know, I felt like, okay, it's time. We've got to be here. Especially when they said they were only 60 miles out. It was like, okay, they're getting close. Yes. This has to happen soon. No, perfect timing for the introduction for sure. It really was. I yeah. love this episode. Agreed. Any other things that you wanted to mention? No, nope, I don't think there's really much else, is there? No, I don't think so. So we'll go ahead and leave you with that. Make sure to listen to us weekly on the walk uh, under the comic covers. And we'll hopefully see you next week. I have a feeling we probably will. <laughs> All right. That's our show. Episode 170. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It was fun, Jenny. Thanks, Jenny. Yeah. You should come on again sometime when you can... We don't have to sit here and look at Nico with his sad face. <laughs> but it was good. Uh, if you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. Or click that send voicemail button on our website. You can write to us at brains at walkingdeadcast.com. You can go to our website with lots of Walking Dead news and information at walkingdeadcast.com. And thank you for everyone who's been clicking through our Amazon link on there. We really appreciate it. We're also on Twitter at Jason and Karen, on Tumblr at walkingdeadcast.tumblr.com, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash deadcast. I'm heading over to Walker StockerCon Chicago this weekend, so we're going to be a day later next week. So look for us on Wednesday morning. And we'll also have special guest Brian Johnson of Comic Book Man and tell him Steve Dave, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> Yay! All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, bit, Nancy Ridgeway. Ridgeway.